Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul test this morning, Lord. Lord, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you for the rising of the sun this morning. Thank you because according to, according to the word, it is proved that the covenant is still working. You said that as long as the ordinances are rising and setting, as long as, long as your covenant with them is still intact, you said that your covenant with us is still intact. And so, Father, this morning we thank you for the rising sun. We thank you for the covenant that we have with you in Christ Jesus that is still working this morning. Father, we bless and magnify you because this is the day that you have made. Lord, you will cause us to rejoice and be glad in today. Lord, be glorified. In the mighty name of Jesus, we declare this morning that you are almighty God. You are almighty God. Yes, Lord, you are almighty. All power belongs to you. Power in heaven, on earth, underneath the earth, all of it will bow down before you, Lord. All power belongs to you. Be glorified, O Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, as we spend this time in your presence again this morning in fellowship and reading our Bibles, we ask, Lord, speak to us once again and cause your name to be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. As promised, we are reading through the book, the entire book of the New Testament, okay? And we have just a few days left in the year to finish the remaining part of the book. Yesterday, we completed the book of Colossians. Today, we take on 1st Thessalonians. Tomorrow, we take on 2nd Thessalonians, introduce and start 1st Timothy. And of course, the next day after that, we complete the book of 1st Timothy. I'm telling you. We'll make, we'll make it in, in good time with a few days left. So today we take First Thessalonians. A big thank you. Good morning to everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whatever time where you get this. The book of First Thessalonians is a very interesting book. I'm sure you've not forgotten what happened in Acts of the Apostles, right? The first time when Paul visited Thessalonica. Yes, you find that in Acts chapter 17. You can quickly read it okay, before listening to this. Acts chapter 17, Paul comes into the city, he's preaching. Yes, the believers were in the minority, but what they were saying was beginning to cause problems to the point where they dragged Paul and Jason and the other convert. They dragged them before the city, city council and were ready to riot. It was... <laughs> And of course, eventually, Paul was bad from Thessalonica. Okay, so it was from there that Paul writes First Thessalonica. First Thessalonica, okay, is written, so Paul has sent Timothy. Of course, when you read Acts chapter 17, it was only Paul and Silas. 
Okay? In 2 Thessalonica, that should happen about Acts chapter 18. So like I said, uh, Paul's epistles were the first books of the Bible that were written. Paul wrote his, okay, during his missionary journey. Very, very fantastic inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul sends Timothy, okay, to to help the believers there be grounded. Um, of course, there were a few a few uh, topics that were that believers there were struggling with. What happened to believers that have died? Paul addresses all of those. Okay, so let's read this morning First Thessalonians, Thessalonian, and we'll finish this book this morning. Greetings from Paul. This letter is from Paul. Silas and Timothy. Remember, I said in Acts chapter 17 there was no Timothy, it was just Paul and Silas that went through all of that trouble. But when Paul writes, This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. We are writing to the church in Thessalonica to you who belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God give you grace and peace. May God give you grace and peace. Now, the fate of the Thessalon- Thessalonian believers. It says, we always thank God. Remember that that's Paul's signature, right? Verse 1, may God give you grace and peace. Is Paul's signature. 2 says, we always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. Eh? As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your, of your wonderful work your loving deeds and the enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. So one of the things you would have known, noticed about Paul is that he constantly encouraged the believers to be praying for themselves. Okay, and in his epistles, he prayed for them also. Very important that we remember to pray for ourselves. Our struggle are not against physical entities, okay? They're against spiritual beings spiritual powers authorities in heavenly places verse 4 says we know we know dear brothers and sisters that god loves you and has chosen you to be his own people we know for when we brought you the good news it was not only with words but also with power for the holy spirit gave you full assurance when they brought the word it wasn't just with explaining the word away with with good words or trying to coat it sugarcoat it with words so that it sounded you know interesting we do that today paul said that was not necessary we brought the good news not only with words yes words were important is it but also with the power with power for the holy spirit gave you full assurance that was that it gave us it gave you full assurance that what we said was true and you know of our concern for you were from the way we lived when we were with you remember <laughs> it was a, a big battle okay the first time they came so you received the message with joy from the holy spirit in spite of of the severe suffering it brought you in this way you imitated both us and the Lord. It brought them serious suffering because the believers in Thessalonica were the minority at the beginning. Okay? So, they were persecuted. 
However, they, they held on to the Lord. Paul said, in this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. Seven, as a result, you have become an example, example to all believers in Greece throughout both Macedonia and Achaia. It says, and now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere, even beyond Macedonia, Macedonia and Achaia. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it. If you were the one, wouldn't you be happy? Your converts are doing so well that they have been spoken about everywhere you are going. Verse 9 says, For they keep talking, they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve, to serve the living and true God. And they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's Son from heaven, Jesus, whom God raised from the dead. He is the one who has rescued us from the terror of the coming judgment. Hallelujah. Okay, so it meant these believers received the words, the words of Paul and have become fully grounded in it. Hallelujah. Second Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul remembers his visit. He says, you yourself know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. To some people, it might have looked like a failure. They were literally ran out of that city. Yes, remember how they brought, they brought Jason and they were going to beat him up. And eventually, the pro-council... You know, how to tell them, look, why are you guys causing so much trouble? Why are you causing so much trouble? He said, you yourself know, dear brothers and sisters, that our visit to you was not a failure. You know how badly we had been treated at Philippi just before we came to you and how much we suffered there. Yet, our God gave us the courage to declare his good news to you boldly in spite of great opposition. So, this face opposition in Philippi before coming to Thessalonica. And even here, we know what happened in Thessalonica. Paul says, yet, our God gave us the courage to declare his good news to you boldly, in spite of great, in spite of great opposition. And I pray that God will give each one of us the courage okay, to stand for our faith. Three, says, so you can, it says, in spite of great opposition, three, verse three, so you can, you can see we were not preaching with any deceit or impure motive or trickery. For we speak as messengers approved by God to be, uh, to be, we, to, we speak as messengers approved by God to be entrusted with the good news. Our purpose is to please God, not people. Yes, ministers must remember this. Our purpose in preaching is not to please people. It is to please God. Our purpose is to please God, not people. He alone examines the motives of our hearts. Never once did we try to win you with flattery, as you well know. And God is our witness that we were not pretending to be your friends just to get your money. As for human praise... We have never sought it from you or anyone else. As apostles of Christ, 
we certainly had a right to make some demands of you. But instead, we were like children among you. Or we were like a mother feeding and caring for our own children. We loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. Wow. Paul said they shared their lives with these believers. He says, don't you remember verse 9, dear brothers and sisters, how hard we walked among you. Night and day we toiled to earn a living so that we would not be a burden to any of you as we preach God's good news to you. You yourself are our witnesses, and so is God, that we were devout and honest and faultless towards all of you believers. And you know that we treated each of you as a father treats his own children. Wow. We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you. Eh? We pleaded with you, encouraged you, and urged you to live your lives in a way that God would consider worthy. For he called you to share in his kingdom and glory. In other words, Paul was not just preaching to believers. He was encouraging them to be examples. Yes, to be the examples of believers. 13. Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when we received his message from when that when you received his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word, the very word of God, which of course it is. And this word continues to work in you, work in you who believe. His word continues to work in us, works in you who believe. 14. And then, dear brothers and sisters, you suffered persecution. You suffered persecution from your own, from your own countrymen. In this way, you imitated the believers in God's church in Judea who, because of their belief in Christ Jesus, suffered from their own people, the Jews. In other words, there were more Jewish converts here, more Jewish converts than, than Gentile, Gentile converts, okay? More. So they looked more like the church in Judea and Jerusalem. It says you suffered from their, they suffered from their own people, the Jews. 15, for some of the, of the Jews killed the prophets. And some even killed the Lord Jesus. Now they have persecuted us too. They fail to please God and walk against all humanity. As they try to keep us from preaching the good news of salvation to the Gentiles. But doing, the, but doing this, they continue to pile up their sins. <laughs> but the anger of God has caught up with them at last. I'm telling you, quite interesting thing happened to the Jews during this time eventually. As Jesus predicted, the temple is destroyed. So many things. The Romans come, destroys the temple, tear down the walls of Jerusalem. It was bad. Next, Timothy's good report about the church in Thessalonica. 17, dear brothers and sisters, after we were separated from you for a little while, remember, they had to leave because the council literally barred them from coming back into the city. Is it after we were separated from you from you for a little while, though our hearts never left you? We tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. They would have arrested them. 
We wanted very much to come to you. We wanted very much to come to you. And I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan, Satan prevented us. After all, what gives us hope and joy? And what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? It is you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. Hallelujah. Okay, so very important to note that they were only bad for Thess- from Thessalonica until the end of the dis- dispensation of those officials. Okay, not totally bad, bad from Thessalonica. All right, let's read First Thessalonians chapter 3. Since finally, when we could stand it no longer, we decided to stay to stay alone in Athens, and we sent Timothy to visit you. Okay, they couldn't come because the officials were still in they were still in office. And we sent Timothy to visit you. He is our brother and and God's co-worker in proclaiming the good news of Christ. We sent him to strengthen you, to encourage you in your faith, and to keep you from being shaken by the troubles you were going through. But you know that we are destined for such troubles. Eh? They went through their own troubles, so okay. So we shouldn't shy, even from, we shouldn't shy from, or be afraid when we go through troubles as believers. For says, even while we were, we were with you, we warned you, we warned you that troubles would soon come. And they did, as you well know. That is why, <laughs> please go and read Acts chapter 17. He said that we warned you that troubles would, would soon come. The Jews were going to eventually trace Paul there. We warned you that troubles will soon come, and they did, as you well know. That is why when I could bear it no longer, I sent Timothy to find out whether your faith was still strong. I was afraid that the tempter had gotten the best of you and that our work had been useless. But now Timothy has has just returned, verse 6, bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want. We want to see you. So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering. Dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong, because you have remained strong in the faith, it gives us new life to know that you are standing firm, standing firm in the in the Lord. How we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. Ah, if you are the one, wouldn't you, wouldn't you be happy every time you call into God's presence that your converse are doing well? He says, how we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. Night and day, we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again to fill the gaps in your faith. It was a prayer point. See, may God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ, and our Lord Jesus, bring us to you very soon. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow, just as our love for you overflows. You see this thing called love, eh? We can never have enough of it. And we should pray for it, eh? For one another. Lord, help us to comprehend your love. Help us to comprehend your love. Paul says, and may the Lord make your love for one another. He says, make your love for one another and for all people grow. I pray for everyone listening in this morning. May your love grow and overflow. Eh? 
May your love grow and overflow this morning. It says, just as our love for you overflows. Say, may he, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God, before God our Father, when our Lord Jesus comes again with all his holy people. Amen. Okay, so that's another prayer point. May he, as a result, make your heart strong. What makes our heart strong and helps us to stand blameless and holy? It is walking in love. That's what Paul is saying. Lord, cause your love to grow in our hearts. Cause it to overflow. That's our prayer point this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Alright, our final chapter, First Thessalonians chapter 4. Paul says, live to please God. Finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus to live in a way that pleases God. As we have taught you, you live this way already and we encourage you to do so even more. For you remember what we taught you by the authority of, of the Lord Jesus. God's will is for you to be holy. That's the lessons they taught them. God's will is for you to be holy. So stay away from all sexual sins. Stay away from all sexual sins. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor. Live in holiness and honor. Okay? So you see, the, the in terms of doctrines, what Paul is teaching as believers, okay? We should stay away from sexual sins. Since then, each of you will control his own body. Stay away from it. Then each one of you will control his body and live in holiness and honor, not in lustful passion like the pagans who, who do not know God and his, and his ways. Verse 6, never arm or cheat a fellow believer, believer in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins, as we have solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live holy lives, not impure lives. Therefore, anyone who refuses to live by these rules is not disobeying human teaching, but is rejecting God, who gives us his who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Verse 9. But we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other. You see that again? See this love matter, eh? God will help the church to understand it. But we don't, of course, if you love, you will not go and you will not go and cheat a, a, a Christian brother by going to by going to take his wife, eh? Or go be having a relationship with her. Paul says, but we don't need to write to you about the importance of loving each other. For God Himself has taught you to love one another. Eh? Indeed, you already show your love for all the believers throughout Macedonia. Even so, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you to love them even more. Eh? Love them even more. Make it your goal to live a quiet life, minding your own business and working with your hands, just as we instructed you before. Then people who are not believers will respect the way you live and you will not need to depend on others. Eh? Because you are working with your hands, you will not need Paul says you will not need to depend on others. Let's look at the final doctrine. Paul addresses the hope of the resurrection. And now, dear brothers and sisters, he says, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died. Believers who have died. So you will not grieve like people who have no hope. 
So we know what happens to believers who after they died, they will come back with Jesus. That's the truth. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. That is what the scripture says. When people die, they go straight. If they believe in God or they believe in Christ, they will go straight to heaven. They will go and receive their judgment. Okay, And of course, the judgment is determined, is discharged and acquitted. They receive their judgment. They will come back with Christ. For those who don't know God, they go and stay in waiting. Okay? In waiting in in Hades. You want to call that the grave? You want to call that the place in hell? A place in hell being reserved for them before the white throne judgment? But they go to stay in waiting. For those who know God, they go stand before they go stand before him, receive their judgment. And they will come back with Christ. He says God will bring back with him the believers who have died. 15. will tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living. We who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout. A commanding shout. Listen, this thing is in stages. And I want you to pay attention to it. With the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout. Whether that is his own shout or the shout of an angel, we don't I don't know. He says, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. We know that the voice of the of the archangel then is the voice of one of the archangels, right? And we also know that the trumpet, a trumpet will sound. Okay? Whether it will be the trumpet of one of the archangels, we don't know. But we know that the trumpets will be blown. Okay? Just before the first the first trumpet is blown, where the, 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 the white horse goes forth and the Antichrist appears. We read that in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 4. Okay? The trumpet will sound from heaven. Jesus comes to receive his own home, the rapture. Okay? Paul says we will not go before before those who, who come with Jesus. They will first come and then they will be resurrected. See, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with the commanding shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Eh? What that means? They came with the Lord. So how can they be rising from the grave? Yes, their bodies, okay, they will receive a new body. And their spirits with that body will fuse together as one. That will be the body with which we will live forever. He says, yes, first the believers who have died will rise from their grave. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the cloud to meet the Lord in the air. We will be floating in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Okay, so encourage each other with these words. Those who have died have not been lost, they will come back with Christ. Understand the order, okay, so that if, if, you, are, if you are still alive when the day of rapture happens, you will hear a commanding shout from heaven. I don't know what Christ will shout that day, you know, but you will hear the commanding shout. Then you will hear the voice of the archangel. And then you will hear the trumpet call 
the trumpet call of God. You will hear it. When you hear it, listen, it is the believers who have died eh, that will first rise. Hmm? They will first rise. So that you are not afraid that, ah, is this rapture passing me by? It's not yet passing you by. Calm, calm down, calm down. At that moment, those of us who are alive, remember I shared with us once that I had a vision of this day. You know, when the trumpet called, rang out, you know, the believers were rising and I was looking at Jesus and I was shouting, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. And I just woke up because I was about to be raptured. <laughs> hey, I pray for everyone listening in this morning. You will not miss Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus. Paul says, encourage each other with these words. You see, when believers die, they have not lost anything. They are going to be with God. And I'm telling you, mwah, it is sweet to be with, the, with our Father. Eh? It is sweet to be with the Lord. Okay? So, they won't, I'm telling you, if you ask them to come back, they won't come back. <laughs> so, Paul says, encourage each other with these words. We have not lost them. They will still come back again. And on that day of rapture, I pray that none of us will be found wanting in the mighty name of Jesus. On that day of rapture, all of us will stand before God in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you. I want us to pray for ourselves this morning. Help us to stand complete in your love. That's our prayer. Lord, cause your love to grow, to overflow in our hearts. Will you say that prayer for yourself? It is one thing eh, that will cause us, help us to be examples on this earth and live ever ready for the rapture. Lord, let your love overflow in our hearts. Give us the courage to represent you on this earth in the mighty name of Jesus. Let when men look at us, let them see Jesus in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for everyone listening in this morning. Lord, we will not miss you. Yes, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Everyone listening to me this morning, as I pray for them, Lord, they will stand in your will. In the name of Jesus, we will not miss you, Father, on that day. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.